0: We want to welcome everybody once again for joining us today as we continue in our look of love and that all you need is love and we were talking earlier about what we had talked about and we remembered that last week we talked about love being a what? Verb. Love is a verb. A verb being an action word, right? And so today, I got to thinking about what could we do? Because today is not just any Sunday, but apparently it's a holiday, right? Right? It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, right? Now, 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 now. What if I were to say that in Valentine's Day, we generally think of it in forms of a day in which we receive gifts, right? Like flowers and candy and even jewelry, right? That may be what we think about when we think of Valentine's Day, like stuff we receive for Valentine's Day. I mean, when we're kids, we go through trouble of making mailboxes so that we receive Valentine's Day cards, don't we? And so, Valentine's Day, as opposed to being associated with a holiday in which we give... Becomes a holiday in which we receive. But, sadly, it's not even a day in which we receive the one gift we probably should think about receiving. And it's maybe not the one day we give what the one thing is we should think about giving. Love. Now. If I were to ask, just by show of hands, if anybody knew the history of where Valentine's Day comes from, how many people, show of hands, would have any idea? Well, I like to know things, and so I did some research. Now, there have been a couple of St. Valentine's Uh, Priests or people who are named Valentine who've been canonized by the Catholic Church. But the one in particular, the most popular, was a Roman priest during the 3rd century. Serving under Emperor Claudius. Now, Emperor Claudius did not understand that all, all you need was love. And love is all you need. He didn't understand. Or maybe he did, because the thing is, is what Emperor Claudius did is that he believed single men made better soldiers as young men. So, because he thought that those with families were distracted. They weren't good soldiers. So he passed a law making it illegal for men To get married so that they would have to be forced to remain single so that they could be able to serve in the military now Valentine the priest recognized that this kind of went against the basic law of God who told men and women that they should be married be fruitful and multiply so he's like well You're not above God. And so Valentine would continue to marry young couples in secret, but in doing so, defying his emperor. When it was discovered what he was doing, Valentine was killed. And February 24th, or February 14th, actually, February 14th would be known as St. Valentine's Feast Day. The day designated by the church to honor and commemorate a saint's life. Where, you know, other than the Catholic church and the Christian faith, some other churches don't necessarily honor feast day with huge celebrations. But that is one of the histories of where Valentine's Day comes from. And Spears, what we are going to talk about today. Valentine saw it his responsibility as a priest, as a spiritual leader, to follow the command of God and to perform marriage ceremonies between couples. Now, today's society we look at marriage a little different than what it was originally intended. The Bible tells us what of what marriage is supposed to look like. It says this is why a man will leave his family, his mother and father, and go with his wife, and that they will become a family of their own, right? In a word that is not often used anymore in relation to the word marriage, but yet is just as relevant today as it was then, is covenant. Marriage was a covenant between two people, now, we don't generally use that term, and one of the reasons we may not is because in today's society, we don't necessarily take those vows as seriously as we used to. But they're pretty specific, aren't they, right? And you take this person in sickness and in health, in richer for poor, to death the use of heart, right? And people who get married often forget richer or poorer because when things get poor they're kind of over it. They forget the sickness and health because when things get sicker they don't want the responsibility. And they obviously forget that till death do you part. And it's sad to think but marriage is supposed to be modeled after a different covenant relationship we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 6 verse or Hebrews chapter 8 verses 6 through 12 Hebrews chapter 6. we're going to be starting, or Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8, let's make sure we're in the right one, starting with verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8, starting with verse 6. Now I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase for you guys, as you follow along. And it says, but Jesus' priestly work far surpasses what other priests do, since he's working from a far better plan. It is the first plan the old covenant had worked if the first plan the old covenant had worked out a second wouldn't have been needed but we know that the first was found wanting because God said heads up (laughs) the days are coming when I'll set up a new plan for dealing with Israel and Judah I'll throw out the old plan and I'll set up that I set up with their ancestors when I led them by the hand out of Egypt because they didn't keep up their part of the bargain So I looked away and let it go. This making this new plan I am making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper. It isn't going to be chiseled in stone, and this time I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it in the lining of their hearts. I'll be their God, and they will be my people. They won't go to school to learn about me or buy a book called God in Five Easy Lessons. They'll all get to know me firsthand. The little and the big, the small and and the great, they'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. By coming up with a new plan, a new covenant between God and his people, God put the old plan on the shelf. And there it stays, gathering dust. Because there's a new plan, a greater plan. And Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant. Now, a covenant According to the dictionary, covenant is a binding agreement between two or more parties expressly for the performance of some action. We know that word, don't we? We talked about action or verb, right? Love being a verb, meaning it's an action word. A binding agreement, though. Binding. A covenant is more beyond than just a legal contract in which you can seek out a court system to get it dissolved. At least that's what it's supposed to mean. And unfortunately, and this is where it's going to get tied in, we were thinking about things. Normally during Valentine's Day here at the chapel, we do a vow renewal service. Couples who are married renew their vows. And I just got to thinking about it, you know, Those are people who understand that marriage is a covenant. It's a binding contract. It may be something that requires work, which is why they are led to renew their vows, because each time they want to reaffirm what they have promised one another. And we're called... Just as marriage is to be a covenant relationship, we're called to be in a covenant relationship with God. But sadly, we already talked about how society doesn't see marriage as a covenant anymore. Sadly, that same view is starting to rub off on how we see our relationship with God. We are looking for a book that says God in five easy lessons but we don't even want the book, we want the Cliff Notes version that we can read in like two minutes and be done.
1: Huh?
0: Uh-huh. And so. we in a covenant relationship with God? Or are we in a relationship like the world defines relationships because they define it way different than we do. They have different standards than we do. Let's look at Hebrews again. This time we're going to break it down. I'm not going to be looking at the message anymore just to make it a little bit more Where you guys are. First of all, the first thing to understand, a covenant cannot be between one person, right? It's a binding agreement. Between how many? Two or more people, right? The covenant that we write about in Hebrews is a binding agreement between God and his people. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, I like the way the message said it. I did my part, but they couldn't hold up their own end of the bargain. And oftentimes in a marriage, that's what causes problems, right? Spouses don't hold up to their end of the covenant, of the bargain. But when we're dealing with God, we're not dealing with a spouse or even both of them who may have messed up. He, God says for clearly, he says, uh-uh. I did what I was supposed to do. I did it. I held up my end. You guys, as a people, failed. God did not fail. Psalms 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. He's the same today as yesterday, our great unchanging friend. He's perfect. There once was a church sign that said, are you feeling separated from God? Are you feeling as if there's a distance between you and God? And if you are, the next question is, who moved? The Bible tells us that God will never leave us or forsake us, right? And so if we ever find ourselves in a position where we see our relationship with God gaining distance... then it's important for us to remember that more often, in fact, all the time, it was us. We are the ones who moved away. God is right where we left him. In a covenant relationship, it takes both sides living up to their end of the bargain. If you do your part, then he will do his. Now, Hebrews reference some old covenants, particularly the one God made with the people of Israel as he was leading them out of Egypt, out of slavery. Let's look at some other ones. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, verses 18 through 22, it says this. But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives, and thee. And every living thing of all flesh, too, of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark, and keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls, and of their kind, and of cattle, and of their kind, of every creeping thing on the earth, after his kind, Two of every sort shall come into thee to keep them alive. And take thou into thee all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Now, verse 22. We talked about a covenant being a commitment between two people. God told Noah what to do. The ark, right? He goes... Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take these animals, you're going to take your family, and you're going to go into the ark, and don't forget food. That's what that food part was for. He's like, don't forget you're going to get hungry in there, you're going to be in there for 40 days, you're going to want food. And so God laid it out for them, what he wanted them to do. Verse 22, though. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So, Genesis chapter 6, if we're keeping score, God made a covenant with Noah. And Noah kept his end of the bargain, didn't he? In fact, later, Genesis chapter 9, looking at Noah again. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons and his And him saying, and behold, I will establish my covenant with you and with the seed after you and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, of every beast of the earth with you, for all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of flood. Never shall there be any more of a flood that destroys the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant that I will make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a token of covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all earth and the bow shall be in the cloud and i will look upon it and i will remember the everlasting covenant between god and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth and god said unto noah this is the token of the covenant which i have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth the bow what was it it was a rainbow god used a rainbow as a sign of the covenant between him and noah That the first covenant God made about getting all the boats, the animals in the boat, happened. And Noah fulfilled it. So God says, you guys did great. And so now I'm making another covenant with you. Never will I flood the earth again like I did. And I will send a bow, a rainbow, as a pledge of that covenant. And whenever you see it, may we be reminded... Of our covenant together but it wasn't just noah he made that covenant with it said with earth and every living creature upon the earth right so to this day after a good rain you look up and the Sun starts to break through and just right through the clouds you often see a rainbow a sign that God's covenant is still strong today a sign of his goodness and his faithfulness. Genesis 17, another covenant. Abram, who later becomes Abraham, was 90 years old and nine, so that's 99. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the mighty God. Walk before me and thou be and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee. And multiply thee accordingly. In other words, I will give you children. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, "As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father to many nations. Neither shall my name, or neither shall thy name be any more Abram. Remember, I told you he's going to become Abraham. But thy name shall now be Abraham, for you are a father of many generations, or of many nations." We sang that song, Abraham had many sons, and many sons had father Abraham. God's covenant with Abraham was special because here he is, 99 years old, and he wanted a child. His wife was also in her advanced years, well past her childbearing years. And to this day, Abraham and Sarah are still remembered. Isaac was a deliverant, a promise delivered. But if you read on through the Old Testament, you'll see that God made many covenants with the Hebrew people. And oftentimes, he would do miraculous things, freeing them from slavery or helping them to win a battle. But if you continue to read it, you also notice a pattern. God would make a covenant with them. He would do a grand gesture for them, a miracle, helping them with what they needed right then and there. And as it said earlier in Hebrews... After a while, they would fail to live up to their end of the bargain. They would forget all about God. That's why people like Noah and Abraham are still remembered, because those are people who knew what it meant to take a covenant seriously. They lived up to their end of it. That's why they're considered heroes of faith. because they were faithful to the covenant God made with them So what do all those old ones those old covenants and the Old Testament have to do with us today Hebrews chapter 8 says that he is coming up with a new plan. A new covenant. This new plan I'm making he says isn't going to be written on paper or chiseled in stone. This time when he writes out the plan he is writing it on our hearts. And then He will be our God and we will be his people. We won't have to go to school to learn about him because we will know who he is because of the relationship we are in with him. When the covenants would fail, it's not that God would leave them, it's that they would leave God. And so, what does our relationship with God look like today? Do you think there's a limit on how many times God can take something and make it new? We can look at the examples from the Old Testament and see the change that we need. scripture that we often talk about in fact even people who aren't Christians know this scripture John 3:16, right? If I were to ask you guys If you guys knew that scripture, how many of you could sit here and quote it? Just from memory. How does it start off? For God so loved the world. What comes next? That he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, right? But have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? But I want us to look at something. Take a moment and look at this. We've been talking about today being what? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. <laughs> I love this one. It says, <laughs> you know, you send cards on Valentine's Day sometimes, right? Care enough to send the very best? Well, God cared enough to send the very best. That's John 3.16, but what word do we see running down in the middle of it? Valentine's and they will get to know me firsthand the little and the big the small and the great they'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean I will be their God and they will be my people what does your relationship with God look like? When you get married, you're often given what? A marriage certificate, right? Our scripture said that this covenant's not going to be written on a piece of paper, but just like a the rainbow in the sky reminds us of the covenant God made with all the living things to never flood the world again. That piece of paper is to be serving as a reminder. We shouldn't need that paper to remind them of a marriage covenant, but it should serve as a reminder every time we see it, just like a rainbow reminds us about the covenant God made. And so, today, in the vein of renew a covenant relationship people renew marriage vows I want us to take some time in prayer and to renew our relationship with God the promise to to love as a verb as an action to love him With all our heart, our soul, and our strength, and our mind. In sickness and in health. Whether we're broken inside by what the world has done to us. Or whether he has made us whole. Because if we are broken, all that needs is that God will come and heal us. Because he is a God who can make us. Not even heal us, but make us new and better. We may be poor in the world, but when we come to God, we are rich in blessings. So for richer or poorer, and that into death do us part, even then, that's not really true. Because we are looking forward to the day when we're in a covenant relationship with God, that death part becomes the time that we finally get to spend time with Him in closer quarters, when we get to go to heaven. So it's not to death do us part, but till death when we join you. Are you in that kind of relationship with God? That he comes first before all others. And when you do that, when he comes first, when you love him with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, it's easier to use love as a verb, to love others as you love yourself. To dedicate our heart to God. And to be in a covenant relationship with him. So we've made these little papers for you. And it says, a commitment to a covenant relationship. And it has a place for you to put your name. It has a place for you to put today's date. And then you sign it. Because if you know anything about contracts, your signature is needed, right? You need to date it and sign it. So whenever you look at this, it's so much more than just a contract, but it's a reminder for us, though. It's a visual representation of what should be written on our hearts. And so, whatever we have in our lives, let us surrender it so that we can be in covenant relationship with God. As the music plays, you'll have a chance to come and to renew your covenant with God. Maybe you haven't even had that opportunity to enter into that relationship with God. That relationship is available for us, a covenant relationship. The Bible's already told us that God so loved the world, all of us, every single one of us, so that we would not perish, so that we would not die slaves to sin but that we would be able to gain freedom freedom in Christ freedom in that love it's never too late And there's no time like now to enter into that relationship with God. To commit to be in a covenant with him. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne this day, Lord. We surrender everything, Lord, to enter into a relationship with you, Lord. A covenant, a binding commitment, Lord. To love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, Lord. To put you before all others. No matter matter what life may bring us in our sickness or health, Lord. For richer or for poorer. Till death, may we join you. Be with us now this day, Lord. And help us to be able to be in a relationship with you. We ask these things through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.